This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content. I regret to inform you, you're on Chapel Probation, a podcast that takes a critical look at evangelical colleges and universities. But again, not really today. Let's do some music. On July 8th, just a few weeks ago, um, my friends Dave Galvan and Jenny San Angel, who uh, I've played music with for like 15 years, um, we decided to hang with our new friend, Jazz Robertson and her husband, Paul. Uh, Jazz and Paul are both uh, like professional musicians. Jazz is an amazing drummer, and Paul is a multi-instrumentalist specializing in saxes and keyboards. And Paul brought a Barry sax, baritone saxophone, this huge thing. Now, <clears throat> we had never played with Jazz and Paul before, um, and we, we discussed a few songs, but none of us really prepared anything. So what we did, we, we set up, chatted a bit, and then, well, this happened. Jazz on drums, and I'm playing guitar. Uh, Dave's playing bass. Uh, Jenny's holding the mic, which is, you're gonna hear her sing in a little bit. And Paul's playing the keys in this part. Um, the song's called Sissy Strut. It's kind of an old sort of blues groove that's great for warming up. Just sort of feeling each other out at this point. And we ended up playing music and laughing and hanging out for th- three plus hours. I don't even remember how many songs we played, but it was awesome. I forgot to say, greetings reprobates. So it's music lesson time. What you just heard and what you'll hear throughout this episode with Jazz Robertson, something you might not have ever heard if you're under like 35. It's, it's live music. People in a room with instruments uh, playing music together, listening to each other and uh, playing notes and chords, uh, hitting drums. There, it, what, there was not a computer in sight, no buttons to just push. Everything made was made by our fingers going, touching our instruments and coming out of amplifiers. Uh, but not jazz. She, she was just playing the drums. That's how it works. Five people in a room. In this case, the downtown rehearsal space in Los Angeles. So maybe you don't know just how rare this is these days. And maybe you don't understand how sacred this is to musicians. Sure, the guitarist, me, <laughs> is screwing up uh, a lot but we are having the time of our lives. In the room, we can feel the vibrations of the drums played beautifully by Jazz, uh, who, by the way, I think I mentioned, have I mentioned? Killer drummer. Uh, If you had 
pictures. I think Jenny made some videos. You can see our faces just looking at each other as we call out songs and we kind of know them, kind of don't. I didn't. I, I knew some of them. I knew the, the songs that we did from our own set that Jazz just sort of played on. But we, we gave it a shot. Re this was recorded on my iPhone, so it's, it's not great. But, goddamn, I'll take this over lip-synced pop or K-pop or whatever any day. And for better or, or for worse, you'll hear some clips of, from our jam session uh, throughout this episode. So pay closer attention to the drums than the guitar playing. Um, just, just trust me on that. So Jazz is a special drummer who grew up in various churches, deconstructed her faith, and now lives with her husband, Paul, also an amazing musician here in L.A. And this episode is, as you can tell, another departure from the usual chapel probation format. And that we talk a lot about our perspectives on music. It gets a little nerdy. But I hope you'll hear the passion we have for music and its power to bring people together. My name is Jazz Robertson. She, her, Aya. And I met Scott on Twitter. I don't know when exactly. I don't know how it happened. I it's all either. a blur. No. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. But here we are. Here we are. <laughs> I I think I heard you on Veterans of Culture Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a year and a half ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. Um, it's been a, and I, been a minute. It's like, that's a cool person. And then it's like, oh, somehow I found out you lived in L.A. And then, um, yeah, I think I messaged you or something. And uh, then you came to my book release, and we we, we hung out, and we and we showed the the Portlanders around, and we did. Yeah. We should we uh, show them how to how to move around in the heat because it was yeah. it was yeah, yeah, it was hot. hot that day. Yeah, that weekend. <laughs> yeah. This was during like the spring when it was cold and rainy the whole spring, and then it was like ninety five degrees that that weekend. It was like. Like oh, well. out of nowhere, and I, if I recall correctly, for your book release, yeah, it was you really wore like some sort of like druid robe yeah. get up, and yeah. it was. Uh, I idea. was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, man, this guy is really, really committed. <laughs> I was committed. I was gonna put it back on and do like a recessional, or like, no, fuck it, let's just go out of, out of the heat. And um, yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah. And so the reason I, I reached out to you, I think initially was I was looking for musicians who were in the sort of ex-evangelical scene, uh, decon, deconversion, uh, de, um, decolonized, deranged. Um, and, and yeah, I, and then I, and then you have a podcast. So I was check, I checked that out. Um, I that was on hiatus. Yes. So, um, and we'll, and I'll put links in the sh show notes and, but yeah, so let's tell your story here. Let's, um, yeah, I've I've heard I heard you tell it on a couple of a couple places. I stalked you, so I I, I podcast stalked you. Um, before. I, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Where'd you grow up, and and what was the what was the church thing like? Sure. Uh, well, I, I moved around a, a fair bit. But I would say the the two places where I spent the most time um, would be Nashville, Tennessee, Music City in the Bible Belt, woo, uh, and also Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a, a little different. 
There's a little bit of a culture shock going from yeah. uh, from Nashville <laughs> to Pittsburgh. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Wait. Is that is that is Pittsburgh still part of like the Rust Belt? D yeah, technically. Um, but it's it's definitely changed a lot. A lot of a lot of new tech and innovation. Like it's popping. Like a, like whenever oh. I left is when I started oh. to like re get Pittsburgh? really cool. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Popping. All right. Pittsburgh cool. is popping these days. About yeah. Pirates. That's all I know. Okay. Um. <laughs> They are not popping. Love them, but they're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> not they're re rebuilding. They, yes, they're they've been rebuilding for decades, man. Yeah, but but in was it Nashville that sort of gave you your love for music? Yeah, music, um, music place it, that it is. Yeah, it was it was everywhere, and that's where I went to my my first concert, and when I was four, like my first like oh, wow. memory. Uh, my mom uh, is a musician herself. She's a, she's a singer, and um, she took me to go see Eric Clapton, and Ooh. that was my 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 first uh, my first show, and I was absolutely enamored with the drums of all things. You know, normal people would go, yeah. oh yeah, you know, the yeah. guitar or like the yeah. vocals, and I was Whatever. like, no, the loud no, things, yeah, drums, give me those. <laughs> Uh, which I mean makes sense, right? Uh, it, it's the it's a primal instinct to just sort mm -hmm. of hit things. Like you give you know some like pots and pans and a couple of wooden spoons to a two year old, and they're they're yeah. just you know banging away. You know, so it's just something that I think that generally speaks to most, if not all of us, in the sort of uh, formative stages. But yeah, for me, well, it's well, like it stayed the in drums. there. Drums, you yes, like you yeah. can feel it in your chest and in your head. You thumping against you it's, it's a great feeling in a live show yeah yeah it yeah. really is there's there's, uh, there's nothing like it second you, i mean that's only second to actually playing drums which is right. even better but <laughs> which you do very well and uh, at this point i'm sure people have heard a clip or two and um yeah do you, do you remember who the drummer was for clapton was this like the 90s this was the 90s, and I had to look it up, and it looks like it was Steve Ferrone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it was, um, yeah. yeah, no, he's killing it. It was the, the two Steves that seemed to go back and forth on with Eric Clapton were Steve Ferrone and Steve Gadd. Yeah. Both of them. Just Steve like Gadd. incredible. Yeah. Legend. Legend. Yeah. Steve Ferrone, or Steve Ferrone, Ferrone, he, he ended up playing for Tom Petty after that. He did, um, yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, yeah rock solid. So good. Absolutely. Just like pocket um, for days. Yeah. <laughs> and then was, was music part of the church experience too? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so before I actually got drums and was a, you know, a lot allowed to do all that, I sang in choirs, like kids' choirs. What kind and, of church? Um, so the church, I mean, we <laughs> we went to a lot of different churches, Scott. Oh, um, nice. But the, 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 the one... I think my, my earliest memory was being in a, in a Presbyterian church, um, you know, good and just like classic, super white Protestant situation. Um, so I remember like being a little kid and like singing like little kids choirs. Um, sure. But then a few years later, we started going to a non-denominational church. And I feel like non-denominational really does a lot of heavy lifting. Um <laughs> We can come back to that later, um, but it was uh, it was formerly, I believe, it was a Pentecostal church before that. <clears throat> so, 
a lot of happy oh, clappy people okay. getting knocked out you know the, oh. the, the holy spirit the whole deal oh yeah it was uh wow it was a whole thing yeah speaking in um, tongues oh obviously oh yeah. i mean haven't okay. she spoken in tongues scott like come on like i um <laughs> i was too shy i didn't oh, yeah? go to a church that encouraged it but i remember there were people doing it one time and everyone seemed to feel pressured too and i was like no i'm too shy i'm just gonna yeah i'm slain yeah i, I was slain quietly in the spirit <laughs> Yeah, they definitely knocked me out one time. I wasn't even ready for it. They just like I was, you know, like when they put their nine hand or on ten. Head. Yes, indeed. And then and just like shove you just... to the ground. Well, you know, it's not that difficult if you if you get somebody square in the center of the forehead with like the the Jeez. the heel of your palm. Yeah. Yeah, you're like you know, it's a little d disorienting, and and you know, down you go, and you see everybody else go, and you're like, well, here we are. I guess I'll just lay here for the next ten minutes, and you know, Wait, let the spirit the move. Did, did someone catch you? Oh yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Yeah. That, that, but then they like, just let you lay there. Oh yeah. You're there, and sometimes the if it's, done. um, yeah, whenever the spirit's done, and you know the spirit is done whenever, so whenever you go down, they'll cover you with, like, you know, like a tablecloth or some shit, oh. um, and then whenever they begin to wrap, they pull the cloth off, and, like, that's the sign that the spirit is, you know. Oh, spirit's done. Has left the building, I guess. Yeah. Did you feel, a, a, like, pressure to perform a, well? since you had been slain in the spirit like i see people like gyrating and, and wiggling and, and um convulsing i wasn't that committed yeah you just, yeah you just, yeah you that was there waited out waited yeah just laid there and i mean i did like i did not choose to be there so i figured <laughs> oh i can just like be here with my eyes closed yeah. <laughs> take a little <laughs> fine. nap fine yeah. fine with me well i missed out because yeah. there were so many times i wanted to take a nap in church but that would be disrespectful but here I man just to you walk missed up out and get slain in the spirit that's it now you know get some shut eye that <laughs> <laughs> catch up on that little lost sleep on a sunday yeah. you know Damn. drag you out of bed wait how old were you at this point when you're when you <sighs> i was probably out? like it's probably like nine ten. Oh man yeah was it scary um it was, I, w I wouldn't say it was scary. It was definitely strange, but it was something that we, we'd been there for maybe like a year or so, and it was something that was just normalized, right? So, so like an honor, right? Like, like a, a Yeah, right a passage. little bit. A little bit. And it's like, if you weren't, if you weren't knocked the fuck out by Jesus, if you weren't speaking in tongues, or, you know, if you didn't get baptized in front of 5,000 people, then you were just doing it wrong. Oh, and so, oh crowd you know, size it, matters. And when you get, you can't get baptized in front of like six people. It has, it should be like it's a just, big old, it's just not the a same. big ass crowd. It's like, like production value, man. Like we need, we need lights. Um, you know, you need like a spotlight on like the, the baptismal pool so there was a pool yeah. in the church i assume and so oh yeah they gave you the oh, robes yeah. oh yeah in fact that the pool was um like dead center like at the very top of the the, the sanctuary above the, the the choir risers yeah um ours was too it was right there yeah it had like its own special lighting and you know yeah. some sort of shrubbery around it and yeah they'd give you you got your little white robe and yeah you said, you know, your I do or whatever, and they yeah. dunked you in there, and everybody claps, and, you know, yeah. you took a box, right? You fit in, whatever. Yeah, kind of take, it's like one of those, like, um, Party you know, a, a way to, almost, well, well, think of it this way. Swag it's almost, box? It's, 
I didn't even get a swag box. I didn't even get like a gold cross or anything. They were just like, good job. Um, yeah, here's a box. Yeah, I here's wish your, I would have at least gotten your a box. baptismal box. Yeah, it was like, yay. And everybody, you know, celebrates you for, you know, half yeah. an hour or whatever. Yeah, you and just got over. dunked, so. Yeah. Huh. So, you know, it's real now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking, so it didn't take. Um <laughs> <sighs> You're on chapel probation, so it's uh, it doesn't speak well for the experience. Um, no, something went awry along the way. <laughs> and I've seen you play drums. You hit the two and four, which is the devil's beat. So, um, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's not right unless you're clapping on every downbeat, right? You yeah. gotta make sure. <laughs> At least the one and three, but preferably all four, Oof. right? Yeah. Oof. Man, that hurts. Hurts to think about. <laughs> friends don't let friends clap on one yeah, and three drummers yeah um a little, mm. little piece of you dies when you hear like the hee-haw music or something uh the hee-haw music or whenever you play in church like i i did i played drums in church and there's somebody with a rogue tambourine and they're they're oh, hitting and they're it hitting on one and three, and three. <laughs> oh man and a tambourine it, like as you know like it just cuts through everything like yeah. you can hear a tambourine, like a bomb can go off, and you'll hear a tambourine jingling. Like yeah. it's it's incredible. <laughs> for for us music nerds, there was a viral for us a video of I think it was Harry Connick Jr. He's playing some song, and everyone's clapping on one and three, and so he just adds a beat <laughs> to what he yeah. was playing, and so now they're on the two and four. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like he he got him he got him turned around. What yeah. a yeah, that was a pro guy. move. Pro move. That was. Um, Pro, it was a kindness for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, everyone, twos and fours. Okay, let's mm -hmm. let's keep it, let's keep it right. Let's keep it right. No, write it down. Did Did you it's ever go to a black church? Atten I did. So I did. The, no, I went to a couple. So the music there, you talk about twos and fours when they, when they hit that double time, man. That's some. You got to, you got to be ready. You've got to be ready. Because that to me is like a musical of, uh, example of like the spirit hitting. Because you know, it's when it, it's it's something. It, it's it, and the musicians mm -hmm. got to be good too. You know, everyone oh, on yeah. that stage has to be able to know where the one is and yeah, and all this shit's happening. Music's going down. The, the bass player's walking all over the place. Mm -hmm. the organist organ. is just like all over the place yeah. and, and that you know, drummer everybody's has to keep uh, it all together and it, it has to keep it together and everybody is is watching out for for the cue you know because you, you got to be ready to bring that that shit to a halt really quick right you know is the cue like when the, when the pastor just like puts his hand up or um Sometimes they do. Sometimes there's a nod, but, but there seems to be, you know, there's got to be a relationship between the music director and the yeah. pastor. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they got, they got a, they got a little uh, telepathic situation going on, so you know when to wrap it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> did you ever play in in church in in a, in a like a gospel kind of thing? Yep, sure did. Wow did did you do you feel like that helped your your musicianship your 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 drumming abilities? Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think so. Um, you know, especially being mindful of the part that you have to play, right? Because your, your, your role is, is important. So, um, 
you know, it keep it keeps things driving, keeps things moving, and uh, yeah. So and you know, it's just it's just a fun excuse to go and uh, and play music for a while. The only thing is though is you don't you never know how long the service is going to go. Right. So you gotta you gotta make sure you don't really plan anything on um, <laughs> a Sunday. Yeah, Sunday's afternoon. blocked out. You, you're, on, you're on drums is, today, so. Yeah, like I've I've played in both, you know, like 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 white churches, black churches, and you know the 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 difference between the music where it's like okay, you know, white church, we know we're we're, yeah. we're stopping at X time. You yeah. you might be able to go, you know, might be able to do, sneak a couple extra choruses in there, you know. Yeah, but, but people we got have reservations at Denny's, so they got yes, we got to get them out. So it's important, Scott. Don't yeah. you know? No, don't don't keep don't the play white with folks, that schedule uh, in church too long. Um, Mm-mm. No, they can come back later. You know, we can yeah, have an evening, an evening service, service or something. But yeah, <laughs> maybe a Wednesday. Yep. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So playing drums in in white church, it's like slower songs, right? Some maybe some six eights. Um, well, you know some, what it is. It's it's more you know it's the like the CCM, the contemporary yeah. Christian music stuff. Hillsong. You know, so like Hillsong and even you know pre Hillsong. Um, you know, do you remember? Do you remember the band Delirious? I heard of them. I, by by then, yeah. I was not really into Christian music, so. Um, yeah, they yeah. were a band out of um, out of England. I want to say, like, from like, the north of England. Um, but yeah, they did. They are responsible for a fair few worship songs. Yeah. Um, like you know, solid crew of guys, like good musicians, all. Um, but yeah, like that was the kind of stuff that we would play there. You know, um, more on the kind of pop, almost rock kind mm-hmm. of feeling stuff. Yeah, yeah. Worship got fancy in the nineties. Um, because I, I I'm I'm yeah. older than you, so worship was like vineyard songs, like three chord. Oh, um, yes. As the mm-hmm. deer, uh, like shout to the Lord was new. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, um. Okay. Yeah, I'm that old. All right. That's how. That's that- how I'm. <laughs> I'm shout to the Lord yeah. old. You're like vintage. vintage. <laughs> well, it got interesting, you know. There's like an F sharp minor in there, so it's like Oof, we never had now. that. We never had that before. Yeah, I was like, no. calm down. Yeah. Nope, and nobody can play an F chord anyway. So, but it's just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a guitar anyway. Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, you got to make a bar and um, on acoustic. Just hope usually. for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Most of the people listening right now are like, "What in the hell are they talking about?" Um, sorry, we're we're it's music right. nerding out. It's it's okay. It's, uh, Just a little bit. We don't want not. It's okay. Gently. Yeah, we're not gonna Just, go. Yeah. We're not. So let's talk about theory and and theology. <laughs> the intersection between <laughs> the intersectionality between you know tonal theory harmony and, and the theology. contrapuntal movement of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what you're hearing now is we've been playing the song for a few minutes and we don't know how to end it. So we just point at each other. You solo. Okay, you solo. And in a minute, I point at jazz. Yeah, uh, do something. Let's break this down. Um, And then I just start playing the main part again. The great thing about jamming is... Who cares how long this is going? 
whether it's five minutes or, you know, an hour or something. <laughs> we just went. And it doesn't matter. You know, you can fuck up, you can, you can do something, and then, okay, that just ends. There's no better way to spend an afternoon than playing music with friends. So Jazz, like most of the guests here on Chapel Probation, went to churches, did her very best to believe and follow the rules, study the Bible, do all the things. But like me, Jazz had music to make up for anything she didn't like. Um, playing in a service uh, is a unique experience. It scratches the itch of playing live music, which we musicians have. But it also gives us a little separation from like a pastor's or speaker's message uh, or vibe. Because yeah, we're, we're on the stage and then we can just, you know, leave or sit down. Or, um, but music can only prolong the inevitable for people like Jazz and me. Uh, you can see where this is going. But, but I do want to talk about sort of the intersection of like church and faith and music. Because for me, yeah. music was both what kept me in church and was kind of my guiding light out of it in a lot of ways because mm. music was like yeah. a kind of truth for me yeah. that eventually became more interesting and and had more of a draw than being in church and doing that um what was your relationship with music um while in church and then as you found your way out yeah i, I would uh i would definitely echo your, your sentiments there that it was the thing that that kept me there um, you know, it was, I didn't, up, up, up to a certain age, uh, I didn't really have a choice. It's like, you're going to church, you know, like so this you is might happening. Well hit some drums um, while you're there. You might as well. And, and, you know, I, I, I do, I want to, you know, preface this by saying I do not resent that at all. Um, you know, people believe they're doing the right thing. And, you know, I, I, I'm not like horrifically scarred from the experience of going to church. Luckily, I know some people are. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I played in the band, so I feel like that got me out of a lot of, yeah. <laughs> a lot of weird situations. Um, Sometimes so, yeah, you don't even I, have to I, listen to the sermon. You get to go off the stage and just go oh, out great. and eat donuts in the back. Oh, so. it's the best. The donuts, um, or you know, like if you can get into the communion wine, that is also an option. <laughs> yeah. If you happen to, you know, attend certain churches that, Don't expect that give you something no other than drummer. Welch's, yeah. Hey, man, it's there. You know, <laughs> it'll make it'll make the it'll, it'll I'll play better, right? The uh, <laughs> lie we tell ourselves. So yeah, I think um, like playing music in church. Um, I think it, this 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 is true for a lot of folks. Um, you, you find that that kind of little piece of community in this space. Um, and usually, because other people are playing music, there's some other like kind of commonality there. You, yep. know, you, you develop, you know, it's friendships a bond. with people, it's, and yeah, it is. Playing and, music and I, with people. And it's especially whenever you like really lock in. Um, yep. And you, you know, and you know this from 
and I know from my time like singing in choirs and you know this from singing in bands or something about harmonizing with other people yeah that is really just fucking magical right um like you know if there's if there's a god then like it's there you know yeah. like that's 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 the feeling totally right? I, I i said that um, earlier today to someone <laughs> yeah literally yeah, yeah. i mean it's it, and, and there's there's some science behind this in terms of you know like humans throughout the the, the ages um you know things happen in our brains whenever yeah. we sing together chemistry changes whenever we sing together yeah. it's, it's 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 pretty I wild feel my blood pressure go down i feel yes. stress melt away <laughs> um, yeah you know and the irony that um they want to continue to keep cutting arts programs right as we continue to be become more and more unhealthy as uh, as citizens here, it's like don't take away the things that are actually like saving our lives. Uh, anyway, yeah. I digress. Um, no, so yeah, playing playing music in, in church and, and playing for yeah summer camps and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, um, it helped me to to show up in a way where I was comfortable. You know, because you have to be there, so you might as well. <clears throat> make were, it work for you but were you also into the the church thing like praising god and like were you a true believer or or if you oh, didn't have man. the music would you still gone no absolutely not no oh. um yeah i don't think so i tried it's not it's not not for yeah. for one you to tried try. to go as a non-drummer <laughs> to, to church yeah I, and 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 i did for for a couple years um go to a church where the music wasn't really a part of, of the service and it was it was more like okay we're gonna get into you know exegesis mm. of um you know of the book of john and for those listening um exegesis is uh is not something that usually happens in like standard churches <laughs> like there's not usually a guy who's standing up there with like a slide and like writing out like this shit in greek <laughs> and like breaking this stuff down it was like but that's some more it, yeah, it was. It was. There was like it was. It was. It was fairly academic. I feel like yeah. which I actually liked, um, which probably, which is probably the thing that kept me at that church for a couple of years, is that there was like something that I could kind of dig into, and um, the pastor was was very kind. Like I used to just like write down questions, like different theological questions, and he would respond, and he would uh -huh. like give me like book recommendations and. Um, bless him. He didn't know he like helped me walk straight out of Christianity. But like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, overall, you know, yeah, that's 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 that that was my experience. Um, I remember being really so. impressed if, if if a pastor busted out Greek. You know, I don't know yeah. Greek, so he could literally say anything about what this isn't is translated as or but it's like ooh Greek ooh, and then you find out like Greek it, right. is not even like in the bio, the original text it was like translated from hebrew and aramaic to to the greek and then to the mm -hmm. king james um, right badly and, both you know times things we find out yeah yeah i think things uh you know it's like the game of telephone you know yeah. like things things change yeah. over and a thousand obviously years whenever... let's play telephone oh, and then that's what we got oh my god yeah. seriously um and then obviously you know whenever you translate something from one language to another you may not get all the subtleties and yeah. Um, people make mistakes or they add things or oh yeah yeah constantly oh, i mean yeah. jesus didn't really mean this let's cross that out let's, uh, yeah just love your neighbor oh yeah. shit Should amazing that, that made there? it in yeah i'm i am i am truly shocked they had every um, opportunity to edit that out and um yeah they fucked it yeah <laughs> no, they fucked themselves really because 
they, they did. They left just enough there's, in there to, to make you scratch your head. So yeah. much in the Bible that's like, man, they, they could have taken that shit out and made their lives much easier. Um, Truly. But they, they, they left right. it in there. So as you got out of faith in church, like, was there a yeah. point where you were just like, I'm done? Or was it just like a slow fade, like, like at the end of an Eric Clapton song, just... Right, where there's actually an an ending, right? You don't know how to end the song, so it just fades away into nothingness. Which we had issues with in our jam session. We just look at each other (laughs) like, how do we end this jam? Just start, just uh, change the dynamics. Just, you know, get quieter, quieter. (laughs) (laughs) Retardando, and yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. Hit a symbol, Jazz. Hit a symbol. (laughs) (laughs) Do like a little suspended symbol situation, kind of wrap it up, you know? That's the that's the sign. Um, yeah. So, what kind of ending was your faith? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say it was um, it was a gradual process over years, and um, I definitely tried my 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 damnedest to believe all the things and you know yeah, wrestle too. with the text and yep. you know and you know pray face to the floor you know whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. All that, all that good stuff. Um, like desperately, like wanting it to like make sense, and um, you know, and one day it was just like, nope, I can't. And it was, you know, there were a lot of things that led up to that point, and I don't even remember what it was exactly because it's yeah. never just one no. thing, right? That that makes that. Um, Make that makes that change for you, right? It's yeah. But you look back, you can see points along the way. We're like, ah, yeah, there mm-hmm. lost some faith points there. Um, in, yeah, in the- I, I most certainly did, and um, to win no small part to other Christians. Right. It's always the people. You know, they the weak link. Um, they tend to be the, the the worst enemy, which which is unfortunate because I I have friends who are Christians who are yeah. absolutely wonderful people. Yes, who I love to bits, and they do good things, and they, you know, they they try to actually you know walk the talk and all that. Yeah, yeah, um, that's the best but best kind. It is it it is the best kind, and those folks have dealt with their own faith and you know kind of evolved and. Uh, decolonized yep. their faith and decoupled it from you know, here in the states they have decoupled it from capitalism yeah and uh, which is no small feat for sure yeah so, i mean it shouldn't it shouldn't be that hard when you look at all the teachings of jesus and and the way the major themes of the bible but for some reason capitalism so and christianity just it just um linked and that and white supremacy. They, they did. Um, oh, oh well, can't. But let's not forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, anything, anything that that upholds the the oppression of uh, of people. Yeah. You know, like that's uh, those are the things that'll do it. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's really just it's a vehicle for you know a lot of politicians, as we know and we see on, on the daily. Uh, but yeah. that, I mean, that's been going on for decades anyway. So religion has always been the number one driving influence on mass populations, right? Like, well, we can make things happen if all these people believe in this thing. Well, yeah. all we have to do is say we've got a divine word yeah. from the gods. When well, you can or control the, the mass populations with 
with religion. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, they 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 fucked up and and printed the Bible in a language that people could understand a little while ago and started causing problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a second, it doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Er- early in this podcast, the theme was it wasn't people like me that made people deconstruct um it was it was a, a good bible teacher who who could show you what the bible says and doesn't say yep. that that really hit people hard and um their yeah, faith it's true i know recover from it no i mean how many people go to seminary and you know yeah. as you know born again on fire for jesus christians yeah. and they leave atheists yeah exactly you know it's a fascinating so. book it is. Uh, it is. It's certainly an interesting read, and people have their their various thoughts and feelings yeah, about R-rated. it. I think it's you know, oh, kind of X-rated in yeah. some spots. Some spots. Perfectly frank. Yeah. It's if you good to look at it in the Hebrew. Pictures. It's like yikes. Yeah. 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 No. Really not. Although some be. of those pictures might be interesting, but um, I mean, interesting but not appropriate for the children. <laughs> no, no, not for kids. <laughs> no, 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 for us grown-ups. Yeah. I mentioned earlier how rare the experience is on this earth today of hearing live musicians playing together. And something else is happening that's especially rare, and that's hearing two BIPOC folks talking about deconstruction. Doesn't happen a lot in this podcast world. So you're getting like a double bonus in this episode. Yeah. Now, at this point in the jam, we're playing Free Fallen by Tom Petty. And you're hearing Paul play some lovely lines. And I'm about to embark on a pretty damn shaky guitar solo. I I was rusty. We hadn't played together with Dave and Jenny in like three months. Um, But even with my rusty playing, damn, I I can't stop smiling as I listen. What is it you want me to reconcile myself to? I was born here almost 60 years ago. I'm not going to live another 60 years. You always told me it takes time. It has taken my father's time, my mother's time, my uncle's time, my brother's and my sister's time, my nieces and my nephew's time. How much time do you want for your progress? I hate you, naturally. hate black people. Things are going to get worse before they get better. What is presented to me as an American does not look like me. Because you're not allowed to be a black man in corporate America. You give us a hard time for being white, being American, and being in control. And when you live under a situation like that constantly, uh, and then you ask me whether I approve of violence, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. And you know what? We need a space where we can debrief some of it and deconstruct. 
If you've been looking for a POC-centered podcast that engages with intersectionality, religion, critical race theory, and some hip-hop culture, then you need to check out Profane Faith. I'll be your host, Daniel Whitehodge, and we go in every other week. So check us out wherever you find your podcasts, or check us out at whitehodgepodcasts.com to see what other platforms we're on. Cool? Aye. Peace. Hey everyone, I'm Nate from the Full Mutuality Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning into this show. We're so grateful that you've decided to spend your time with us. Seriously, Dan, Gail, Jessica, Kathleen, Scott, and the rest of us here at the Dauntless Media Collective couldn't produce content like the show you're listening to without your support. I'd also like to invite you even further into the conversation. Right now, there are some great discussions happening over in the Dauntless Media Collective Discord server. If you're interested in chatting with other folks who are deconstructing and decolonizing the oppressive traditions that they came from, please feel free to hop on into the server. If you don't know what Discord is, it's a place where communities can gather online for chatting on a wide variety of topics. In our Discord server, we have channels devoted to general deconstruction conversations, some meme sharing, therapeutic venting about whatever religious bullshit you're currently dealing with, and even a channel specifically devoted to talking about the latest episodes of the podcast you're listening to right now. I hope you'll join us. You can log in directly to the Dauntless server by clicking the link in the show notes or heading to dauntless.fm and clicking the link in the top banner. See you there. So let me ask you this. Like as I as I got older, I didn't play music much in my 20s, but I got back into it in my 30s and then but it was always like uh like like we mentioned before, like a double-edged sword. I felt like I could see and hear God in music. Like I remember going to a concert when I was like 14 and the, it was my favorite band. It was Rush. My first time seeing nice. them. And as soon as they started playing Spirit of Radio, I, I started crying. Like, not like sobbing, but like little tears came down my face. And right. I was really uh, unnerved because that had never happened in church or at, at summer camp or any of these places where I was always very moved and I loved church music and and all that but it scared me a little because it's like oh shit this is happening at a rush concert i'm having this spiritual experience um and then playing in bands it was like that felt so much i felt whatever i idea i had of god i always felt so much closer to that while i was playing Mm. music with people or while i was listening to my favorite music um and like I said, it kept me in religion and church for a while. But man, yeah. it re- it really replaced that once I got out. It became kind of church. I don't want to call it church, but it can't, it, be, it 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 scratched that itch of connection, hmm. connection to the divine, connection to other people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like your spirituality, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so have you had those moments of like the divine when you're in the when you're playing you're locking with the bass player the rhythm section's pumping <laughs> oh hell yeah. yeah 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 where you're just you know like you, you know when it's happening and you can't make it happen right you know there's a there's a concept in flamenco music are you familiar with flamenco mm-hmm. a little yeah so there's a concept um called duende 
Yeah. And like very literally, it may, I think it's like a forest imp, uh, but in flamenco music, it is this unnamed sort of force that will only show up in the, when certain conditions are met by the artist, by the dancer, by the singer, by the, by the guitarist, when everything is right, Duende appears, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it, it's quite a thing because you, you feel it when it's happening and you know when it's not there. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I get it. Yeah. You mentioned it's earlier. A, it's, a pretty, it's a universal experience too, right? It's like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in the world. Like there are musical settings where this thing happens. Yeah. You know, and complete strangers who have never met each other, don't even speak the same language, yeah. can experience this, this, Place this the moment music together in, in time. Yeah. Right. And, it, and it's really, yeah, it's really quite something. Yeah. Because, you know, people listening in, in have had conversations with online and in person. It's really hard to find, and not everyone's going to be musical and, and do this, but there's got to be a, a lot of ways to connect to each other outside of the church. The church isn't the only place that can create these, or it shouldn't be. It's, the church shouldn't be the only game in town where there's connection and and support yeah. and love and um. So music is one of those. So yeah, maybe I am saying it. Yeah, everyone, if you're missing out, go go take some lessons, <laughs> uh, pick up <laughs> pick up an instrument or, or start singing, and because um, that's yeah, or do so, any like some kind of art, you know, take up yeah. painting or sculpting yeah. something that whatever you know, your aptitudes lead you to is, I think, the key. Yeah. Yeah. Like if like if if you if your your highest level of drawing achievement is stick figures. That's great, but if that's not the thing that is allowing you to express yourself fully, find something else. Yeah. You know, we're we're we are creative. I, I yeah. have had multiple arguments with people who tell me that they are not creative, and I call bullshit because everyone is. Yeah. Right. Just because you haven't found exactly what the thing is necessarily does yeah. not mean that you aren't. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, I I can't draw for shit, so definitely drawing is not my Fair. thing. Um. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we. That's why you have a plethora yeah, of, yeah. of uh, not, stringed instruments at, at your disposal. Yeah, yeah. I'm not great at dancing. <laughs> um, yeah. The, I mean, I've not uh, seen you dance yet. You know. No. <laughs> unless there's some alcohol or some kind of substance, probably, probably won't. I'm sure, I'm sure that can be arranged. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. I, no, I, I like I like to dance. Like we we had we went to we had a little Prince celebration hang at a bar last week and. Yeah, some certain songs come on. You got to dance. Oh, 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 if James Brown is playing, you just got to move. You know, it's just like yeah. certain. You got to get up. Yeah. Get up off of that thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you mentioned earlier, like the connection between harmonizing. But I started playing bass in a band maybe like eight years ago. And so I had to sort of reteach myself this instrument. So, and, mm. But that when 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 the rhythm section locks in, ooh, that is a feeling. Like mm-hmm. when the bass and drums are driving the song, man, it's like ah, that is yep. that's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just make, making making that pocket. Yeah. And as a as a drummer, there is probably nothing more frustrating than fighting with a bass player. Right. 
musically, you know, and you feel the push and the pull. Yeah. And, you know, them, you know, slowing down or speeding up. Yeah. And it's, it's, it sucks. Honestly, yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's a, it's a hard thing because you're, you're trying to pull them to where they need to be. And yeah. at the same time, not, you know, fall off your, your own, you know, yeah. BPM perch. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I know. And, you know, I've played with drummers who, who aren't great. And, and when they, when the drummer slows down, oh, it feels like, you know, the Titanic hit the iceberg or something. It's like, it's like, no, don't do this. Keep, keep going. No, I'm, I'm, I am convinced that you can have the best players in the world, but if the drummer is terrible, every, yeah, everything it's is going to suck. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard can't. to overcome that for sure. Yeah. 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 Oof. <laughs> We won't name bands or names or anybody. No, like no, 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 no need, no need for that. We no. can, we can talk offline about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's out there, but um, like I'll name a shame. I've got a couple <laughs> in mind. <laughs> uh, so when did when did uh, did you ever play professionally? Like I did. Like, yep. Okay, I could, yep. I could tell. Yeah, up up until uh, probably up until the pandemic, I, yeah. like I was, I was gigging pretty regularly. Yeah. 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 What kind of music? Um, did a lot of like pop rock cover kind of stuff. Um, did some some fusion, little little Spanish pop. Ooh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jazz. When, definitely, definitely did. You know, when you called out Tom Petty, I was like, really? Well, <laughs> yeah. Like, why oh, not? Hey. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know you, you yeah, have this. Yeah. You have this cool vibe that that I would I would have assumed could not abide the simple Tom Petty song because it's that music. I love Tom Petty, but you know, it's a great songwriter. Yeah. But as a yeah, it's very like I don't know vertical. Like it's very just um, simple. That's, yeah, yeah, it's very linear. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, but uh, yeah, we mentioned Steve Fer Steve Ferroni Steve Ferrone um playing yeah. for him. It's like yeah. It's it's all good. What's your favorite kind of yeah, music to play? Oh man, I hate answering this question. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Oh, uh, you know, it's like kind of depends on the mood right. I'm okay, in. Okay, so which, well, you know, I don't want to so be. I don't want to cop your, out. But. Your answer? No, you don't, you can cop out because your answer can be you know whatever you're playing or um, you know because some people have a definitive thing. Oh, I love. I I can only, I really only want to play metal or I want to play yeah uh, country yeah. Um, but yeah, you're you have such a versatile. You're so good at playing all these different styles because we played a bunch of different things when we were jamming. Yeah. Me, me not playing very well, but it was like, oh, it was stop. like, well, you, you know, I'm not the kind of musician like I need five minutes usually. If you call it a song, oh yeah, I've heard that. I can blah, 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 okay, but like if we just start playing it, like oof, I'm gonna like fumble my way through this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You you got you got there pretty quick, man. Don't sell yourself short. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was. But that, was, that was a blast. It was fun making noise. Yeah, no, it's like it's 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 always fun making noise and um and I mean, Paul like, with the Barry sax that was like epic. Oh my gosh, that was so fun! Finally got it out of the house. It's like you know, like he's um he's an alto specialist. Oh, um, we're talking about like Jazz's his husband. Main. We're talking Paul, yeah, who's keyboard Paul player, is a, is so he's a, playing keys. But he, yeah, I saw him coming down the hallway at the rehearsal space carrying this huge ass something like a bazooka uh, case 
An I'm R- pretty sure RPG. you could fit a, a child in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you could put a couple of little kids in there. And, Definitely. Uh, dude brought a Barry Sax to the jam. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Sax is his, his, his main instrument. Um, okay. And the the the, the Barry is part of the, yeah. the collection. For those of you listening, you don't recently. know. Uh, Barry Sax is it, it's got to be like four feet tall, right? It's like yeah, it's big it's, ass honking. It's, it's large. Thing. Yeah. Um, sounds yeah. amazing Luckily. though. When you when you put air through those things, it's like you know, oh yeah. Yeah, they're yeah they're they're pretty awesome. Remember in yeah. the '90s, everyone was playing uh, soprano sax. I think it was Brand from Marsalis' oh, fault because he played that on Sting Records, and suddenly everybody, yeah. Kenny G comes along. And yeah, destroys. the '80s. The '80s really kicked it off yeah. with the um, gratuitous sax, which I'm not mad. You know, you had uh, like Gerald Albright yeah. uh, was, was another one, just like D- David Sanborn, like the the smooth man who he can play his ass off right. as a killer sax, on his saxophonist, but like, <laughs> it, well, yeah, yeah, like he he was like, I gotta pay bills, yeah. I gotta I gotta put food on this yeah. table, so he this did elevator the music thing. is selling, so let's do let's do that. No, I yeah, don't fault him. Yeah, it's tough and jazz. Yeah, nope, no, it, it it is, and it's it's getting getting tougher yeah. no, it's, by the month, awful. really. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. It's one of those things where jazz is actually like it's it's a very American art form, and it's uh, it continues to be pretty under underappreciated here. Yeah, um, like it has better a better reception in, in other countries, which is pretty shameful. Yeah, but I won't get on uh, I won't go on a tangent about that. <laughs> I could say that for another time. Well, well, we can do another music podcast. So um, yeah, I think we're gonna have to. Yeah, we got shit to say. <laughs> Right, we um, can nerd out in, in safety. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm gonna name drop. Well, actually, not me. I I don't know. So so a friend of mine saw Omar Hakim in New York. Yeah. And Omar Hakim mm-hmm. played plays everything. You know, he was he played on pretty much every record of the '80s and '90s. What for everything from like pop to um, country to jazz. And yeah. he ran into Omar Hakim during the pandemic and. Omar Hakim was like, "Hey man, you got any gigs for me? Like, I I don't have anything. Like, how can Omar Hakim not have gigs? You know? So isn't it hard for all drummers because of, of drum machines and and the return of the 808? And um... yeah, you know, that's the the funny thing. You know, we've got this this writers and a SAG afters strike on, uh, which I absolutely support. Um, yep. But they're worried about, oh, you know, our jobs going to be taken away by AI, by the machines. I'm like, look, yeah. boo, like musicians, we lost our jobs a long time ago. Right. You know, especially drums. You know, they kicked it off uh, with, with drum yeah, programming. Yeah, because it's hard. You know, to, to mic up a drum set in a good room and to get the sounds right, you know, find the good spot in the room and then get all the mics. You know, if, yeah. if you do the modern technique, there's like two mics on every drum and then a couple of overheads and floor. And, you know, you know it's like it's a lot of work. Um, it is. To get to get yeah, the sound. It's a, it's but a when lot it's of work good, and, it's and it costs money. Yeah. Money, time. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and that was the consideration. It's like, oh, well, you know, we can do this faster and we can do it a lot cheaper. Um, even though you see you still see drummers like out on tour playing the, you know, the. Yeah. The programmed uh, right. There's <laughs> drum there's track. controversy yeah. now with bands being accused of just sort of kind of lip syncing along the backing tracks. Um, yeah. Live on tour. Live, yeah. I mean, but like the, your basic people want that, um, or at least some people want that 
that record sound experience and you're not going to be able to replicate that right. live like there are too many variables yeah. that you cannot account for just physically in terms of acoustics yeah for sure you know and all the compression so, and all the studio tricks that go into making absolutely here so i so yeah. i was i had an old man moment uh during the pandemic uh michael jackson rock with you comes yes. on mm-hmm. it's a beautiful song yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i'm i'm listening i'm like there's a drummer there's a percussionist there's at least two keyboards there's there's strings there's you know guitar there's bass there, like there's a whole army of people that had to play on this record that you don't hear anymore mm-hmm. um yeah to make one single <laughs> you know like who knows how many days it took him to track all that and they, and they tracked live back then you know they, so you got a yes. big room dividers all these musicians listening to each other and, and recording straight um yep. doesn't happen anymore and yeah that uh that personnel you know like the the musicians the 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 arrangers yeah quincy um, jones you know have, having no you know having a couple songwriters you know like all oh, that's been replaced by like 20 songwriters yeah um but yeah, I mean, like Quin- Quincy Jones is, st- is still is still out here in these streets. Yeah. But um, but it, but it's a but it's a, it's a different time. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we, and, we, uh, we 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 don't call on Quincy Jones to make the records anymore. He's yeah. Yeah, like he's 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 spending his time trying to share wisdom and yeah. and, and find talent. You know, while while he's while he's still going. You know. Yeah. So. Anyway, for those of you listening, look it up. Quincy Jones. It was all the way back Jones. in the bop era of the of the jazz in New, New York, all the way up to kind of peaked at Michael Jackson in the eighties. Um, would be his most famous work. Um, but yeah, had his hand in so many amazing music projects. Oh yeah, like don't forget, we are the world. Remember yeah. that shit? Yeah, he he. <laughs> you remember that? Doing, well, whatever that is, but. <laughs> The fact that he could get all those egos and celebrities oh, in a, in a room to do something together speaks to his the power of his personality, if nothing else, in his musicality. Yeah, they yeah. were like, they were like, okay, we'll go because Q. Yeah, said I'll sing my one line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, but he, he's 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 done a, a lot since then. More, yeah, uh, you know, behind the scenes. The music but, folks know, but um, he, yeah, he hasn't had a thriller since since. Uh, since then but it's hard um, to have a thriller man yeah 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 we got lucky with that once in a lifetime (laughs) yeah so many so many things um uh,
pretenders, anyone? So that's Jenny San Angel, my old friend, uh, singing Brass in Pocket, which Jazz wasn't familiar with, but she's such a pro, she played it perfectly anyway. So we wrap up our conversation, bringing it back, of course, to deconstruction. Um, a black woman and a Japanese-American man talking about life after faith and a little bit more music. Where else can you hear this? <laughs> Nowhere. Not yet. Anyway, I think, I'm thinking you'll be hearing more of this in the coming months. Uh, so stay tuned. So anyway, do you look back at your, your Christian life and, and compare um, your life now? Do you, do you still still do that, or have you just sort of moved on and enjoy your life now? Uh, I generally moved on. Um, I think during the, especially the start of the pandemic, you know, a lot of us were left with a lot of extra time on our hands, you know, being indoors. And so I, I've been on, on Twitter a little bit. But I started to get a, lo- a little bit more engaged with, with uh, some of the, the folks on Twitter, um, particularly like, you know, I guess evangelical Christian yeah. Twitter or whatever, yeah. um, and started reading some books and kind of revisiting, um, I guess, what was, because I think I kind of left things a little... Un- unfinished, if that makes sense. I, it was. I compared to kind of. I just. I felt like I just like sort of dropped the whole thing like a box of rocks and walked away for ten years. Yeah. And so it was sort of like, I. I still had like a nagging like. I don't know. I wasn't entirely at peace in a way. Yeah. Um. So I kind of I took took some time during the pandemic to sort of revisit that and read some some different things um, and kind of try to it, not even in, you know intentionally but I ended up kind of bringing that all like kind of full circle almost to a close to where it's like I, I'm at, at, at peace with what was and, yeah. and and where I am now yeah um, but I, I you know I like I know people who um, they you know they deconstruct or deconvert or, or whatever and it's like this like this shocking thing that they're they're going through and it's like that that like i did all that years ago yeah me too so like so now i'm just sort of like i'm you know i'm, I'm kind of chilling fortunately yeah um, i feel yeah. like it might be like i i'm the same as you i, I walked away dropped the rocks and just <laughs> live my best life and kind of yeah. came back kind not reluctantly but cautiously because I'm like, wow, I'm gonna go back through all this deconstruction that everyone's talking about. It would, it might even be more stressful now to leave the faith because now we have all this language and um, mm. terminology, and there's labels for everything now. Whereas before, we, people like you and me just were like, no, nah, fuck it, I'm out, and let's let's yeah. do something else. Um, I mean, in yeah, some ways, that's, that's, that's interesting. In some ways, it's yeah. better because you have community now around the idea yeah. that you're leaving. Because um, I didn't. Yeah. You know, my wife and I, luckily, my wife and I deconstructed together. Uh, was Paul yes. religious? No. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Locked out on that. Yeah. 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 Good, good yeah. work there. Yeah. That's. Yeah. 
But yeah, it solid. is interesting because I, I, I like you was not sure how to come back and engage. Um, and, and, and like you, I didn't have, you know, horrific experiences like with like Colts or IBLP or, you know, those things people are yeah. talking about today. It was just the usual shitty, you know, control and purity culture and <laughs> white settedness yeah. of, of, of churches that I was involved with. Um, but I feel like you and I are, are like, I don't know, this sounds egotistical, but like we can be a resource because because we kind of went mm. through it without the without all the community, without Twitter, without, um, the, you know, the people, the podcasts, the books. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there's something, there's something there. So, yeah, there, there's more language around it. Um, even though I think a lot of the language is still kind of, you know, like white American centric. It is. Um, you know, there, there's, there, there, there is that. Uh, and I know there are some folks out there doing the good work of right. of trying to to to, to parse that and. Uh, you know, kind of universalize uh, at least you know the language, not necessarily experience, but try to open it up a, a little bit more to to people of, of various backgrounds. Yeah. Um, but it's but but it, you know it's it's kind of funny coming back to it was uh, all the music that brought me back to to this you know this nagging question, if you will, hmm. um, which is less a question, more a concept. Um, it was a. I had not listened to this band in ages, and I heard this song by Jars of Clay. Hey, I know you know who they are. I do. Right? Yeah. Um, good crew, good, good, good musicians and songwriters. Yeah. Um, and there was one song that they that they did that I didn't know, and it was called "Oh My God," and it was like I listened to it and. Like, I definitely started crying, and wow. I was like, "The fuck," um, because it, it just kind of goes into this like, "Why is all of this awful shit happening? Why are we so terrible to each other?" And I was like, "Wow, I didn't know that." Like that was like the first time I'd actually heard um, like kind of like a a, a, a negative. In Christian music, if you would call it a, a negative, you know, everything is always about, you know, praising right. Jesus and God is good. Something and this critical. is just sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah some, something real. Yeah. You know, something that is a little more authentic to the, the human experience. And so uh, I was like, man, like, so what are these guys doing? So, of course, you know, Google, Twitter, I ended up following a couple of these guys who um, followed some other people in Nashville who I started following and started talking to. And so it all sort of, you know, over a period of a couple of years kind of led to me re reassessing and and finally addressing uh, what I what I'd left undone, you know, spiritually, theologically speaking. So it's kind of funny how uh how music moves. Music, I guess. man. Well how long Seriously. ago was that? Was that like during the pandemic? So it's actually maybe a year or two before the pandemic. Okay. Um and then like the, the pandemic obviously we were all sitting at home or at least most of us except you know there were people who are out working yeah. and shout out to the to those people who had to who had to be out there on the, on the front lines yeah. but um you know for those of us who were like at home like kind of twiddling our thumbs it was like well i've got the time and uh i've got a library card <laughs> so 
and I've got, and I've got, you know, got the got the internet, so I'll just be on Twitter arguing with 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 people and uh, and reading books, you know. Yeah. So, and yeah. and here we are. And here we are. Here we are, Scott. You know. <laughs> I know it's it's so cool that we met. Um, we had no idea who each other were, and probably more like a nope. year ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and he started following me on Twitter, and I was like. Oh, this guy seems cool. Oh, he's, oh, he's got guitar. He's, he's like, okay, cool. Oh, he's in LA. That's interesting. And then when I saw you know coming out with a book, I was like, oh, oh shit, yeah. like, no. this is just down down the way. So you were you were the, my favorite person that came to my book release. As far as like, I didn't know you were gonna come, and it was just like, oh, that's so Aww. cool. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, to meet in real life for cool. the first time. Like, yeah, yeah, so cool. Right. And now like, we like we're jammed. real people. Yeah. And now we have jammed. We, yeah. We bonded with the music. Yep. And we will continue it's, to do that. Yeah, it's real. You're not getting rid of me now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, so last thing, what uh yeah. the some some of the folks like Megan and, and and Cortland are talking about doing like a West Coast uh what's it called? Wild Goose. Do you know what Wild Goose is? It's like this. Yeah, I'm vaguely aware of, of it. Uh, it's in like yeah, one of the Carolinas. I, it's really hard to get to for us. I, yeah, it's like in the woods, yeah. and like one of the people in charge of it is like, "Oh, you should come." And I'm like, "I am, bro. I am not going out to the woods and camping. It's not happening." Well, see, if if you had gone, I would I would have thought about it, but it was like, mm, I, I, yeah, it's it doesn't look like no. Also, no. it's it's still like a Christian thing, which is fine, but it's progressive. You know, they check all the boxes, but yeah. but we want to yeah, do something. They check the boxes. But, we want to do yeah. something West Coast, so um, deconstruction, something meetup weekend. But I, yeah. I think we should we should have like a have music be part of it. Is is my thought? Um, yeah, maybe um, you know the songs were deconstructed. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like something put like together that. a little band. That'd be kind of and, fun. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my idea to if this comes together, yeah. then yeah, yeah, that that yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely down to to check because we out. did karaoke at the Portland meetup, but I know you're not you're like the one of the only people I've met that has never actually done karaoke. So I love how much that this fact shocks people. <laughs> like you've never done karaoke. I'm like no. I mean. No. Most of my musician friends who work, especially professional musicians, it's not that fun for them. It's like, you know, they, they play music and sing all, all the time. So it's great for yeah. people who, ne you know, don't get to do it. You get a microphone no. and sing along with some track. And it's like. Look, I, su I support it. I support whatever it is that's getting you through yeah. the day, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of my mission now to get you to do karaoke. So, um, just right. warning you. Well, there's going to have to probably be I heard some, you singing some alcohol involved. Okay, we can do that. But, yeah, I heard you singing <laughs> behind the drum kit, you know. You know, you drummers think you make so much noise we can't hear you, but we can hear you. It's, um... <laughs> <laughs> I do that sometimes. I just, you know, start... And and Why everyone, listen, uh, Jazz has a really good voice, so, um, <laughs> yeah, stay you, know, you could the do the Sheila E thing and sing and play drums, so. Yeah, Sheila's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, or like, you know, like, there's this thing about drummers turning into singers too, right? right? Like, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. And, um, Whatever the Night Ranger guy was. <laughs> the Night Ranger. Yes, precisely the Night Ranger guy, yeah, um, Dave Grohl, right? Dave like Grohl. Dave Grohl's been fronting the the food Don Henley. Forever. 
And Jazz Robertson. So, see how. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. The name just sort of flows with. Just goes right in there. Yeah. I was going to say Ringo Starr, Uh but mm, maybe maybe not. Maybe not. You know, I I, I, I got love for Ringo, but. Yeah, yeah. The drumming, awesome. Um, Yeah. Not, not, not singing is it's you quaint. know it's, it's not for everyone yeah, it's cute yeah and personality it, and there are some there are some great musicians who can't sing right yeah. and it's, it's okay yeah it's no all we right. all we all have yeah. our lanes our lanes multiple lanes but that's right like yeah, i can't play drums can lanes, i can't play but... drums for shit i love drums i love hearing it and i love talking about it and love but the, the brain and the hands the coordination don't, don't ha- doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Just play other stuff. Yeah, I just I'll just <laughs> stick with my stringed instruments. So yeah, so you, you've got you've got you, you've got a, a couple of those. Got a few. There. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is, this has been fun. Like like let's let's talk about about music. Yeah, more. we covered it all. We covered the, the usual deconstruction stuff, whatever. But the music stuff. Yeah. You know, that's where the heart is. Yeah. So. Yeah, because if you want to start a music uh, that, podcast where we like dissect and nerd out about shit, then just let me know. Yeah, no, like I would absolutely love to do that because you know music. You know, there's like the history behind yep. the songs, and then yeah. there's um, you know the science behind science. the music and 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 how 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 it you know affects people. Yep. And yep. Um, you know, it's subversive, right? It is. <laughs> there's a reason why, like. Church people like are afraid of music, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're living yeah. proof that um, music's dangerous. <laughs> it is dangerous. Oh my god! Yeah, it's uh, art is always dangerous, yep. right? Yep. Well, you do it well, and okay. I thank you for coming and hanging out on Chapel Probation. And um, thanks for having we will, me. We will jam soon. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jazz. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. So what do you all think? I mean, I'm keeping chapel probation going for the time being. But I'm looking to diversify, so I don't know. Podcast with jazz about music, how how music works, how songs work, and how it all leads to deconstructing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we uh, I think jazz called this tune out. Uh, it's Little Wing uh, by Jimi Hendrix, and uh, you know it's. It's cool. It, you know, you repeat, you just repeat the progression over and over. But it's one of the coolest progressions in rock music. Uh, that's Dave Galvan singing. Uh, I do a pretty shitty solo at the end, which we probably won't get to. Um, but anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed this talk with Jazz and the perspective that she brings as a musician and a drummer. It's, it's pretty special to hear a professional musician talk about the relationship between her art and faith and deconstruction from faith. Um, yeah. Quick note, 
it occurred to me that a lot of you have heard live music, except you've heard it in church. Um, it's, it counts, but, uh, ew. So thanks again to Jazz Robertson for coming on to Chapel Probation. Note to self, tune your guitar after you've been playing for like two hours because, man, that G-string is killing me in this clip. And here's Paul soloing on Little Wing. And no, I'm going to cut it out before it gets in my guitar solo. But anyway, look out for Jazz. Uh, her, she has a podcast called Multiple Sources with a couple of other um, hosts that they're on hiatus right now, but I'll, be, I'll put a link to the show, no, show notes in the show notes. And anything else that we collaborate on, you can be sure you'll hear about it here. So we'll be back next week with another episode of Chapel Probation. Hope you all have a great week. <laughs>